Welcome to Book Pile Banter. This is Amberly with Sarah and Kim, and we are on our final special episode for the Trans Rights Readathon. We finished up our Trans Rights Readathon discussions by pairing this episode with the Transgender Law Center. Their mission statement is Transgender Law Center is the largest national trans led organization advocating for a world in which all people are free to define themselves and their futures. Grounded in legal expertise and committed to racial justice, TLC, employs a variety of community-driven strategies to keep transgender and gender non-conforming people alive, thriving, and fighting for liberation. Their website is transgenderlawcenter.org, and you can donate directly there. Our pick for this is Heart Haunt Havoc. It is by, and I apologize now if I mispronounce this, Fridas Moon, and was published just last month, this year, 2023, and was independently published. Fridas uses they, and again, I'm going to screw this up, I just know it, L and Aya pronouns, and is also a diviner, poet, and creator who spends their free time reading a book, exploring a new recipe, or planning a trip to faraway plagues. The plot is, in Gideon, Colorado, Bishop is haunted by an old love and past choices that their love made. They seek the assistance of a lonely transgender exorcist, Pollard, to overcome the haunting of their house and the loss they experienced. She did pretty solid on that one compared to the last couple of times. Yeah, Maybe you should you lay think? down every time you record that. That was not the cause of this. But I'm not against laying down every time I record. <laughs> what did I think of it? I thought it was yeah. pretty good. Um, did it hold throughout the entire thing? Or were you not as impressed as with the ending as you were the beginning? Okay, so I kind of got to clarify. I am an absolute atheist. Complete, utter atheist. But I love absolutely love supernatural supernatural biblical angel demon stories love them love them love them and it's so this part, it is it is um i'd roll around in it and be really weird but um so that <laughs> aspect picturing of a story. book and you just like rolling on top of the book <laughs> okay sorry <laughs> so no i so i liked that i i liked it um i liked the characters i liked the characters a lot i wouldn't mind more stories with these two characters now that they've kind of become you know these this little duo that's going to go off and fight fight all of the bad in the world um so yeah that's what i'll say so far and then we could talk further and then the the bits that i was less impressed with will come Slowly out or flutter will. out yeah okay. yeah sarah what did you think yeah <laughs> uh it was okay um Ultimately, if I had to describe it in one or two words, I would probably say it was underwhelming and disappointing. It's okay, but I would describe it as underwhelming and disappointing. Okay. It was it just it did not live up to what I was expecting at the end of the day. Okay. What were you expecting? 
I don't, well, I mean, like, just with the opening of the, I felt like it started strong. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like the author did a good job of creating, like, a kind of an uneasy or creepy atmosphere in the house. Um, and there was a little bit of interest in what was happening there, why it was so crowded with spirits, what have you. But that was about it for the horror element, as far as I could really not tell, but like, as far as I was concerned, it just, it all kind of got squandered as, as they continued their story. Um, I just, uh, didn't care for how it was executed, I suppose, or for like the whole demon story with the dude, Lincoln, Lincoln log, Lincoln stone. Um, So what Kim loved, you hated. Or didn't care about. I don't so much hate it. Just no, like I just I the know, exorcism I, part. It was so bland. And yes, I will say that like exorcism storylines and like when they're bringing up God and all that stuff, it, uh, not really something I typically have interest in. Yeah, I don't know. I would have liked just more ghosts and less lusting all the time. Because that's all this book was about. I can agree with that. You like fan fiction. And like you you do like romances when, when you want a romance. But this wasn't a romance. Like, it says on the cover like that there's romance or whatever, but it's not. It's just lust. Colin's like, oh, this this person's hot and the other person whose name is bishop because i kept forgetting their names even while i was reading it um bishop was obviously interested in colin and then colin's like no i shouldn't it would be unprofessional and then like five seconds later bishop (laughs) just shows up at their door and like we should definitely fuck and like yes i agree and then for the rest of the book that's all that the focus was was not even like romantically interacting, just wanting to bone. And so I didn't find the romance particularly interesting. And I don't understand why they felt the need to have sex in a truck with a fucking corpse that they recently dug up, like real recently, in the back. Bishop's the bed dead the truck. It wasn't it's not like it was in the car with them. After after they pulled that corpse, opened up the casket. Pulled the corpse out, manhandled it out. Is, does maybe, that like stoke maybe. the blood? Does that make people feel sexy and want to fuck? Well, I, just, I don't know. I there was another understand. book where they were in, down in a well and all of the mud and dirt kind of seemed to turn them on too. So maybe. Was that still Hex Yourself? Was that the name of it? I, that was. Remember. Yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It seems to be a thing. Get dirty and have sex. I, I don't know. Listen, Not listen. It's the do. closest. You can get to necrophilia without actually trudging, trudging, trudging. Well, then they should just hit up Gideon the Ninth. <laughs> like you can get slightly closer. <laughs> You've got to dig it and Gideon at least once an episode now. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's okay. It's okay. In a couple of episodes, we'll be back to Martha Wells and she'll just be murder bot, murder bot, murder bot. So, which has a gratifying lack of sex in it, I will say. (laughs) Murder bot doesn't suddenly feel lust for some random character and decide to fuck them like five times without (laughs) progressing the plot forward. Okay. But I mean, like, if that's what you like, then you would enjoy this book. It's just, yes, I was expecting more of the atmospheric, the horror, the slow development, but it's just like, oh, it's actually Lincoln, Marquis of Hell or whatever with his Marcosius, Marcosi, Marcosius. I don't know how to say the demon's name. Yeah. Um, Like, oh, it just brought a bunch of spirits in. I don't know. I just, it was so, it was like, the path of least resistance that you could take that plot along no interesting twists or anything so the beginning i really liked i liked how the house was breathing and 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 the way all of that was written and that i thought that was really really good and i'm like okay yeah this is this is going to work and yeah. like you said they finally they finally give in to having the sex and then that was finally it's like pretty early on i know but i again i read digitally so it's not a physical thing for me so i don't ever know but um but once that hit then the entire story changed and we lost all of that atmosphere i would have liked you know lincoln to freak the fuck out when they were having sex but every time they had sex they chased lincoln away so that they or they were you know elsewhere so that they could get away with it without it being a confrontation so that there wouldn't be any break in, in the actual sex part um so yeah that's kind of where the book lost it for me i really liked the beginning um the exorcism you know there's choices to make when you write exorcisms do you try to create something new or do you go with a classic exorcism and this one as far as evaluating stories that follow exorcisms which i read a lot of um it did pretty well i liked the whole the angels actually possessed the human body that's not something that's typically done. Um, so that was a little bit that was a little bit different as far as an extra exorcism is concerned. When you're writing a shorter story, um, I would like to it to have actually gone on for days and weeks and months and them having to yeah. function within that. I mean, you've got this possessed body in your basement and you've got to function within that that parameter. But instead, you know, they imagine, you know, he he quickly they sorry now i can't remember we'll call it the exorcist call he's he right he okay i couldn't remember everybody's pronouns at the moment but um but he was he managed to very quickly call in the angels and i think that should have taken much longer so yeah there we are amber has said not a word i thought for a while that the spray bottle was a gun you were holding to your head and i'm like are we about ready to watch amber execute herself on this while we're recording but no it's just a spray bottle so she can threaten the cat do you own a teal gun (laughs) i i could only see the i could only see the handle part of it (laughs) so now that you guys have covered like all of the elements of the book I'll finally express whether I liked it or not. Oh, yeah. Go. Go for that. <laughs> I was like, damn. They're, they're getting nitty and gritty. We had a opinions. I got a we feed off of talking. each other. We do. Clearly. Okay. So, so how much did you like it? 
I enjoyed the book, actually, for a novella. It, it does have its weak points, but I think per our usual one of us identifying the issue, uh, it wasn't quite long enough, and I think this author wanted to do a lot. Do they know how to develop a gothic setting? Yes. That was excellent gothic atmosphere, complete with the mystery lover that's haunting the owner of the house. Like, perfection there. Could they sustain that? No. And it was kind of disappointing because I would have liked that sustained. And I think part of that is that they needed to not have that witch just come in and take yeah. all the other ghosts. It, it needed to be the two of them solving it. Um, not not let's just call someone in and that's our... With her mason jars. Yeah. Like, yeah. How, how many jars did she have? Because they made it sound like there were a lot of spirits in that house, but she only had like a little basket with some mason jars. So... And a mouse, like, or a rat. Like, they don't I, have a lot of blood if you put in a little bit in each jar. So I think there were supposed to be four ghosts. I put up three fingers. Uh, Colin got rid of one of them, and that Just left four? three of... Yeah, three yeah, there was... Yeah, I know. Because um, yeah. not including Lincoln. I think Lincoln made five, because there was... The lipless woman. So there was a crone. Who uh yeah, which Colin got rid of. of like right away. Then there was because there was another another one on the stairs, I think was different. There was the implication that there might be something in the attic. And there was a winged something that was on the roof. Yeah. That, that on the roof that or on the ceilings. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, yeah, so yeah. those were the the four, um, and then obviously Lincoln. Was, I was imagining it much more crowded, like I don't know, twenty of them or something. More. I I think it should have much been much more crowded. I I think it yeah, been... but I think given the length, I think that's why it wasn't more crowded. Yeah. Um, but I definitely agree. Like I think if it had been longer, spending more time having more things there and like having individual solutions for each of those demons poltergeist whatever because in theory you handle demons and other ghosts in completely different ways you know honestly oh go ahead i was gonna say honestly i was more like i don't know i thought it was more interesting if it been like the house was haunted because i mean I think in the way that it played out, it wasn't haunted until he got possessed and died and then brought those things in. I feel like it would have been more interesting if it had already been haunted, maybe by like just spirits, not necessarily the malevolent ones. And then he was making them go crazy and turn evil um, by being there. Yeah, I would have liked that, particularly because a lot of the times with stories like this, with people's situations like this, it's usually the house drives people to possession, not so much that people always make sacrilegious actions that open them up to possession. Um, and so, yeah, I think it would have been interesting if they had gotten this house, if it had slowly wor wormed its way into Lincoln in combination with the magic, and then 
as a like repercussion, Lincoln twisted all of the hauntings to his will. I think that would have been cool. I think that needed to be a longer story in order to do that, though. Um, and then as for the romance aspect of it, I actually liked it. Um, I liked the fact that we clearly had sexual encounters, but it wasn't like massively descriptive. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't explicit. Yeah. yeah. I do have to give him that. It's just like, why? I mean, not why isn't why was it happening? But when I was reading it, I was just like, oh, God, here we go again. And why now? Um, I just, but yeah, I felt yeah. It, it took over the last half of the book. It, I, it did. I, um, and I, think I do. This, the pacing yeah, on this was a little yeah. off. And, and I do think it had, did have romantic moments. Where they like where they weren't having sex, but they were, you know, eating together and they were they fell asleep near each other. That that gave a clear indication that these two weren't just experiencing an opportunity. There was actually something drawing them together to warrant Bishop going with Colin at the end. Um, again, I think a little bit longer would have given us more opportunity to see that as fully developed as I think the author felt it. I could I could see where the author was feeling it and why it led to that moment. Um, I also appreciated the fact that we had what, for some people, might have been very complicated to write. And the fact that both of these individuals were clearly born biologically female. But for Colin, upon transgendering, the author knew how to word it in such a way. Yes, transitioning. I, I was like, <laughs> I know brain. I know brain. <laughs> um, upon transitioning, the author knew how to make word choices to still allow Colin to be a masculine character in those sexual interactions. Because the author clearly would say, you know, desire was pooling in their groin. Men, women, and non-gender people, we all have a groin area. But they didn't say, you know, in their their vagina or their clitoris. You know, they, they clearly gave that character masculinity at that in that situation, which was kind of pretty impressive. I was I was like, oh, I don't know. Up until they discussed the the scars, I was like, I don't know how explicit this will get and what kind of content we're going to see with this. And the author navigated that beautifully, even with uh, Bishop. I will say, I was very confused at the beginning because I thought Bishop was a bishop. Not that their name was Bishop. Yeah, I, it, it, was a, it was an interesting choice of names considering you had such a Catholic character in the story. I don't know why that choice would be made. Yeah, and like there was... The Catholicism references and yeah, Bishop. Yeah, yeah. And, Why? and they were playing with the game, the name of of exorcist and not exorcist and what what was the extractor? Um, so you know, it, it's like because yeah. an exorcist in the in the Catholic faith is a very specific thing. Um, Which I think Colin was supposed to have been an exorcist, and then they failed failed with failed with Isabel. God. They failed but with see, Isabel and they 
that's the really interesting part to me. And I think there would need to be more development of this. Um, exorcists are priests. Priests don't have sexual relations. Which yeah, I was I know confused was kind of, yeah, it was kind of part of the falling of, of Colin, except for we didn't discuss when the transition happened. Didn't discuss. It wasn't addressed in the in the book when the transition happened. Twelve years ago, right? But what I'm saying is, is in the Catholic Church, a woman will never be a priest, and a priest will never be only a priest will be an exorcist. And so that all was very muddled to me. Amber's got her hand raised. Amber, go ahead. I'm going to clarify a couple of things. One, um, you while yes, we know exorcism and the fact of being with the Catholic Church, you can be an exorcist without being a priest, um, because there are specific schools now who teach demonology and all of that, um, that allow you to become an exorcist. There are actually a significant number of people who identify as exorcists, but not necessarily exclusive to the Catholic Church. Two, this there is exclusively are Catholic, but that's okay. Two, I'm I know I'm just clarifying that and I, I don't know that Colin was part of the Catholic Church he just said he was Catholic um, two there are nuns and nunneries that have been known to handle and deal with exorcisms as well they're not called exorcists I believe but they do assist and care for the individual going through the exorcism so it is possible for women to be involved with exorcisms it just kind of like it's not something that they necessarily share with us the public as a detailed process as to what determines what okay so none of that was anything i didn't know what i ended it all with was it needed to be clarified um, i know it made it it's just letting listeners know the breakdown <laughs> please go away um, i just felt like it needed to be more clear so basically it needed to be a longer story because then yeah. we could have paced out the 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 house a bit more and, and allowed the house to become more of a character the house was clearly a character like it, it is in in those types of stories mm -hmm. um but it it was introduced as a character and then it didn't really develop as a character um but yeah. I also would have liked drawing out who Lincoln actually was. Because there was such great setup at the beginning. It's like, who is this? This is something with a wolf-shaped head. It wasn't easy to identify who that was. And it was like, oh yeah, it's my ex-husband Lincoln. And I was like, oh, I could have like, I could have just had the yeah. short story be getting to that moment of discovery. And I would have been like, that would have been perfect. Yeah. Um, because once once they identified who it was, the creepiness that was in that first portion of the story just gone. There, there, there was there was some yeah. harm done to an animal that came back alive, but otherwise, like the creepiness was gone as soon as we identified who. So I would compare it to um, the movie, not the book, but the movie because I haven't read the book Practical Magic, but the movie Practical Magic, um, when the the bad guy i can't remember his name in the movie but um Angel. he was creepy 
yeah, he was he was creepy throughout, and part of that's the actor. The actor was really good at that. Um, but once we knew he was the bad guy in in the movie, it didn't it didn't dissipate it. You know, it didn't yeah. dissipate his his ability to be terrifying. They killed him. He still was terrifying. Even his boots sticking out just out of the dirt that was terrifying. You know, so th- that was done really well. Whereas this one, like you said, he, as soon as we know who who it is, um, it kind of it kind of dropped out, and and that's because there were the the writer stopped engaging in this bad guy doing bad things. Yeah. Instead, we got a bunch of sex. And it's kind of one of those pitfalls to self-publishing is I like the accessibility that self-publishing was, Sarah. Did I say something wrong? No. No. Why'd you laugh? Just when you talk about when you talk about self-publishing, I just, I keep going back to the, uh, which I don't even know if it's self-published. Oh, well, you know what one? The Zodiac one. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Where it's just, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, a publisher would get back on track that just doesn't. Uh, doesn't. Yeah. And I, well, that's what I was about to say is I like the yeah. accessibility to new stories that self-publishing gives. Um, but it does sometimes risk a certain polish and and cohesion that's kind of necessary. Um, I mean, at least this one was like a short story. It wasn't, you know, 600 pages of us getting to this point. Uh, I feel like we all would have been much more disappointed if we had be- oh, spent 600 yeah. pages trying. Murphy. Jesus, criminy. Cat. I'm, in- I'm embarrassed for this cat. All we could see is basically his asshole. It's like, what? Dude, I don't want this. I've never wanted this. I have told you that. Turn around. Yeah, come here. Be a parrot. But yeah, not a parrot that way. I I feel like we had two stories in this. And the beginning was one story, and the the second half was another story. And they tried to tie the two together. Whereas if they had blended the two and stretched both of them into into being written together fuller yeah fuller um it would have been a a much better story i did find all characters interesting yes even if i think they could have done without the witch i found her interesting i found lincoln interesting i liked the witch oh i liked the fact that it was norris and norris 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 and a recognition that it's not a kumbaya way of living but that, that, I, you know, that was something i was gonna say i really liked about this book was the acknowledgement that the catholic church exorcisms all of that that's not the only way yeah the one god is not the is not the only way that exists so she was yeah. yours he was he was a or they were a bruja brujo and and then we had colin as the exorcist so you know it, lincoln yeah colin sorry i was thinking lincoln yeah. um I liked that pulling that in it, and again, that's yeah. where I would enjoy seeing this story expand and go out and start hitting other belief systems, other magics, yeah, you know, other systems, and and acknowledging that everyone does things differently. It, and, and the fact that Colin, when she came in and slaughtered her poor familiar, um, and and uh, uh, Bishop, Bishop 
was like, what the hell? And, and, and Colin's just like, hey, things are just done differently. It's okay. Just yeah. Let her do what she's got to do. I, I found that really interesting. There's, oh, there's yeah. a good premise here. I just wish it was... Yeah, it, it probably could have used... Yeah. Yeah, it probably could have used a couple more beta readers. Um, maybe Maybe a little bit more time. But again, with self-publishing, you don't always have that time. And this isn't their first story. They've done a couple of other stories as well. Um, so if you want to continue to hopefully make money, it is a quick turnaround for a lot of them. Um, and so, like, I get it. And they're definitely someone who I'm interested in seeing what other stuff they publish I haven't, none of the other stories they did, I, I was like, oh my god, I want to read that. Um, but if they did more like this, I would definitely be interested in reading it and seeing how their scales continue to develop. Uh, because they have the key thing, which is making interesting characters and having an interesting premise. They just have to get through a cleaner execution, execution of it. Yep. Um, which can be developed and learned the first two can't always be developed or learned exactly so um hi murph any any other parts that you guys wanted to discuss no i don't think so okay so of the three we did which one did you guys like the best what was the second one? The seep. Mm. Oh. Mm, gender queer. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I think I actually liked this one the best. Really? Yeah, this one had me the most like like I wanted to keep reading. Not that the other two I didn't want to keep reading. I'd already read the seep and I thought it was interesting. Weird. Weird, weird trip. But interesting. And genderqueer, I was like, oh, yeah, I, you know, I'm totally vibing with this, but I don't, I don't know that I want to discuss this with Kim. <laughs> and this okay, one, so I was which... just. Sorry, I, I was going to change the subject. You go ahead. This one you were going to. I just, I just, I looked forward to figuring out where it did. It had a slightly weaker second half, but I was still like, I want to see where this goes and if this actually pulls off what I think it could. Now, what were you going to say? I was going to ask which one, if somebody is looking for um, identification in a story as as a person that is transgender, it, coming from three people who are not transgender, which one do you think they would they would find um, best representation in? I think it depends on how they would want to commune with the characters if they want to experience that sense of someone else struggling the way they have then i would say genderqueer is a great way to just identify that you're not alone i think if it's someone who just wants the opportunity to see trans characters and non-binary characters simply existing without questioning who they are then i would say haunt or heart haunt havoc um because i think it was the best one in terms of 
we're going to say yes the elephant is in the room but there's there was no trauma dumping no trauma leading these characters to be uh it was just that the characters were and they had learned how to function within their communities with this life choice without being fully awesome i mean they were traumatized but it had nothing to do with that you know yeah that wasn't a driving factor yeah um what about you sarah what do you think which moments would you would recommend husbands (laughs) Actually, I mean, like what you just said is exactly what was going on in my head. It's like, well, it would depend on what they're looking for. But yeah, um, genderqueer, if they want to vibe with that um, or however you phrased it. And I do agree that this book, The Heart Haunt Havoc, for some reason, it's really hard to remember those three words. Um <laughs> There's a lot of references to being transgender, but without it, you know, being a source of trauma, like you said, or causing issues. Whereas the seep, it's just, it's a thing that's mentioned, but honestly, there's just, that is not at all the focus. And it's like the character you wouldn't necessarily, oh. No, 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 I was agreeing. It's, it's like, it's. Oh, it's... I thought you were like going like, I want to speak. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I was just saying, no, yeah, the seep is kind of like a whole mind trip that is completely and utterly devoid of transness in terms of what the mind trip is. That's just yeah. an element. <laughs> yeah. So. And and I would think I think the one thing that I liked best about Heart Haunt Havoc is they wrote it in such a way that the non-binary trans elements were beautiful. I, I mean, I will say that. I was like, oh, yeah, I can see why, you know, your their descriptions of the scars. It wasn't something being hidden. They were a beautiful element to Colin. Bishop's were- physical appearance was still beautiful in description. Think- one of the the best and it was just a uh a, a, just a almost a throwaway line but i think it would be a very resounding throwaway line for somebody who is trans was the when colin asked bishop what can i touch mm-hmm. and they responded with everything everywhere um but there's that acknowledgement that some people don't want to be touched in certain parts of their body because they have such a, a difficulty with, with those portions of their body, not coinciding with how they, they internally Feel. view themselves. Yeah. And so um, I thought that was one of the best yeah. small components of the entire book. Yeah, no, it, it, it like I said, the great potential there. Um, yep. a little bit more length, a little bit more time sitting with it would be my only desire with that one. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I liked the gothic key romance combination going on with it. I mean, I wouldn't mind for this me anyways. Of, yeah, I wouldn't mind this being one of those books that is self-published, and then a publisher takes a hold of it and says, "I want to buy it now. Let's now let's write it again." Um, yeah, that has been done with other other self published authors, and um, let's make it a, a full length book, and and let's 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 work on the the 
pacing of it. And I think that would make it a very uh, successful book. Oh, I think it would be... I think it's going to do well because I've seen it now pop up a couple of times on the Translates Readathon videos now. It's it's actually pulled up a couple of times since we picked it. Um, I hope it does really well this week. And yeah, I will say you guys because you guys are devoid of it. Um, the Trans Rights Readathon has made headlines. Um, there is a publishing newsletter that comes out every week that has articles about what publishers should be paying attention to. Front and center, the first major headline of their publishing newsletter email was about trans rights uh, readathon and, and expressing that people in the social media community jumped on the bandwagon. I think there ended up being about 1,500 people who signed up as participating. Obviously, there were probably other people who didn't sign up to participate, but are participating, are reading. Um, so, like, there has been a major... Uh, the person who set this up, um, Simpkern, uh, they had a book that they had put up on NetGalley uh, for requests. And their publisher came back at them a couple of days ago and were like, yeah, we've already had this many requests. We need to cap it. Um, and so they had to cap who they were giving permission to at 125 because they had so much interest in people saying which i got one uh <laughs> saying hey i want to read this now i want to get to know this trans author i want to support their book coming out um to know what's going on so yeah it's it's done amazingly well um and i'm kind of hopeful that maybe this becomes a yearly thing that people decide to do um which for any of us, anyone who is listening, my computer is not plugged in. It is not. Why is it not charging? Okay, I, we're almost done. I will figure that out once we're done. Um, anyone who's going, okay, now what, you know, what are you guys doing going forward? Uh, we will be coming back with another trans book in June because I picked a trans horror haunted house. Um for my pick for Pride Month. So we will be definitely reading... Actually, I think... Oh, we have two, actually. I'm sorry, because Kim picked one, too. We have two trans books that we will be reading in June, which we had picked before this even was a thing. So, because I don't I don't think Sarah's has any trans non-binary representation no. in it. Um, it does not. Sorry. But we are reading The Sunbearer Trials that Kim picked, and I picked... Uh, tell me I'm worthless. So, you know, if you've been enjoying these episodes and want to come back to us discussing more trans reads, June is when we will have some more again. Um, and we continue to because uh, we've done Iron Widow. So if you want to look back in our catalog, we've done Iron Widow. We've done um, Hell Followed With Us. The Deep is by a non-binary author. I, oh, we did Cemetery, Cemetery Boys. Boys. You always forget yeah. that one. <laughs> I do. I had forgotten Iron Widow last time. Yeah. Um, and I think there's been a couple of others that have like small trans characters because I think there was a Sophie Gonzalez book where the main character's sibling was trans yep. that we read. Um, I'm just not sure if I'm remembering that author's name correctly. The one where they go to Disneyland, Sarah. 
Oh, Lord. I was thinking Casey McQuiston. I was like, what? Um, we have done Casey McQuiston. Which perfect has, on paper. Perfect on paper. Yeah, it had the sister. Yeah, so we have a His couple of different trans representation books in our back catalog if you get done with this one and really just need to, you know, have more bonding over trans characters. Uh, did you guys have anything else you wanted to add? No. No. Okay. So once again, I'm just going to remind everyone that for this episode, we paired it with Transgender Law Center. They're transgenderlawcenter.org if you wish to do a donation. Um, of course, you don't have to only donate during this week if you happen to find these episodes after the fact. We have shared the website, so you can go at any time and offer them assistance. And on that note, our intro and outro music um, is by... Oh, yes. So are we not doing any sort of reading? Oh, I... we are, but I need to sit up then <laughs> and make sure my... Okay. I experienced technical issues after trying to end us preemptively. <laughs> so... You're back. I am functioning somewhat better. So. Ratings. Sarah. How exciting did you find this book? So in the beginning, and I'm going to take excitement as more of like engaged or invested. Um, yeah. I was mildly, you know, when that's a strange expression. Um <laughs> mildly invested okay uh, in the haunted atmosphere but as we pointed out earlier in this episode kind of got squandered and at that point i was honestly very bored through a lot of this book and i just kind of wanted to be done with it so i'm gonna put it at like a i guess it'll average out to like a three okay okay Uh, the look was because i was like oh engagement that's what I can call that category when I revamp our rating system instead of excitement. <laughs> uh, what level of engagement did you have it at? So, sorry. That that was that look as I had an epiphany. <laughs> Kim, how excited did you find it? I'm going to give it a 3.75. And I'll just leave it at that. We've already discussed what we liked and what we didn't <laughs> like. So it, I don't think it needs further clarification. Okay. Yeah, how dare you clarify, Sarah, for the listener? I'm sorry. I'm just going to no, list no, random that, numerals. No, no that, explanation. Is, that is not what I was saying. You guys are oh, mean, is. mean children. <laughs> um, do you want me to clarify I, why I gave it a 3.75 rather than a 3.5 or a 4? I am an adult. You are my child. When you are 80 years old, you will still be my child. You're not my child, but you know, you're in the same category. You're my friend, so now you're her child. Yep. I'm fine being called a child. I don't care. Okay. Cool. <laughs> now, do you want me to clarify? I will. Want to clarify. Do I want to clarify? No. Okay. My excitement. <laughs> I put it at a solid four. I-, I was hopeful until we got to the end and I went, oh, it didn't quite pull off the way I wanted it to. But I still, like, I was in for the ride. Uh, Ease up reading, Kim.
This one, I'm going to give it a four, which typically I'm pretty liberal. Generous with? with? General, generous with. I'm going to, so I'm, so when I say I'm giving it a four, this is kind of a critique. Um, keeping track of who was who and what was what. And the, the shifting between one character going by um, he, him, the other character going by they, them. Um, I had to often really clarify who was talking and what the reference was. Um, Some of those spivic pronouns would have like come in very nicely. Yeah, it, there's, there's, especially, okay, and so that's where it is. When I read they, they did this. To me, they is a group. Um, and that's kind of a reading thing. And it's kind of a, this is what we've done over history. Um, in this book, within a paragraph, we would start out talking about one thing. And then they would say something about they being the writer would say something about they did this. And I then had to clarify, are we talking about the two of them? Or are we talking about they, them? Um, so that was a little bit confusing. So that's why I'm pulling back on generally all books are fairly easy to read. Not all books, but and this I'd have to, a little bit harder. I'd have to look at it a little bit more clearly, but I don't think the author always clearly executed. And again, this comes into the self-publishing is because I've read other books where characters are they, them, but they will usually name the character and then proceed with the pronoun usage that made it easy. Mm -hmm. I don't think this, there were a couple of th times where they wouldn't say Bishop and then do it. Um, and I think it happened a couple of times when they were describing Bishop. And that's what I was like, oh, oh, we're, we're describing how Bishop looks right now, as opposed to talking about what the duo is doing. Yep. Um, and and I was like I wasn't I couldn't figure out why I was a little off in this one, but I, I just thought of it, and it's because usually when I've seen they them execution, it'll be Bishop drew their breath, then they you know and proceeded then forward. You add to that Bishop was a difficult name within the story. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, it... yeah. I will say that first conversation where they are introducing each other to each other. And Bishop says, you can call me Bishop. And Colin goes, oh, so we're going personal? I was like, Bishop's a title. I'm like, what is Colin smoking? And then and then I got a couple more pages. And they're like, you're a brujo. I was like, oh, Bishop isn't a bishop. It was yeah. a name. They were going yeah. personal. <laughs> yeah. I, I tripped over that that introduction too. I'm like, what do you mean you're going personal? What are we talking about here? I don't understand. But yeah. yeah. Did you have that problem, Sarah? What? <laughs> about the bishop thing or about the they, the they... Thing. yes, in this book, um, well, I did have trouble with bishop in the sense that I couldn't remember their name. And so I did get them confused with Colin all the time. And then I'd have to look at my mental notes as to which character was which. Um, but yes, the author kept putting these two characters together in situations and not being clear as to what the pronoun was referring to. Because I've definitely read books where they, them, like a character using they, them was not a problem at all. So it's not like it's the pronoun's fault, but the author just has to be very careful with how they are 
executing it yeah yeah um so and i did trip over it uh sometimes in this book for sure just especially combined with the name problem um and then you know combined with the fact that i did kind of have to force myself to finish reading it because i got bored um i definitely would rate this lower um what did you rate it kim I said four. I I, I kind of want to take it down to three now. <laughs> oh, I was you want to take it down to three? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm still going to give it a four. Because um, it, it wasn't... Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm still going to give it a four. Because, again, I usually rate them at five. But uh, this one tripped me up sometimes. Yeah, I would I would put it at a four. It's not a long read. It does read pretty fast. Um, the second half, maybe not as fast as the first mm-hmm. half. Nope. But that pronoun usage definitely, there were times where I was kind of buzzing along and then suddenly I was like, uh, wait, they have boobs? Why do they have boobs? Colin had theirs cut off. And then I'd have to backtrack and be like, Bishop. Colin is touching Bishop. They are not in the mutual act of touching each other. Colin is touching Bishop, but I lost that along the way. Uh, I'm like, Bishop does have boobs. We have established that. So. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm nearly positive that was a, a thought process I had at one point. Um yep. So yeah, I would put it at a four. It wasn't quite an easy read, but it wasn't a hard read. Um, and then emotional reaction, Sarah. Uh, I guess I'm going to give this one a three as it averages out. Because um, yeah, kind of negative emotions okay. about the second half and positive emotions about the first half. There, there. Kim. I hoped you would do you next. Um, no, that's, I'm always last. I know, I know. I'm going to say four. I, I liked characters. Um, I want more. Uh, I hope when, if there's ever more, that it's um, the writer's able to find somebody to help them smooth out some of the issues that we have with it. And, and you know it doesn't necessarily have to be a publisher but like you had mentioned earlier a good beta reader um or several good beta readers to to hash it out a bit more i give no con- context for this i just have to say never more okay 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 we'll, we'll, we'll you said po reference you said evermore and it tickled my brain and i just wanted to start start shouting evermore (laughs) i just and so i didn't hear the last half of what you said because i was doing everything in my power not to just start shouting nevermore anyway My emotional reaction, I would give it a four as well. Um, I cared about the characters. I would definitely read more. Um, 
I even, I think, would reread this story if it was revamped. Um, because I would want to see how that happens. Uh, so yeah, four. Kim, overall rating. Overall, I gave it a four. It it does have flaws, but it is a good it is a good premise. It's a, a good characterizations. It just needs a little bit of tender loving care. DLC. <laughs> You're tickling my brain with words, and it's not <laughs> not nice. Sarah, what is your overall rating? Uh, three point five. Uh, just just 3.5 no no explanation i mean no further I mean, explanation that's <laughs> okay i feel like i've already said what i was going to say like it, it started out promising and then it just squandered and left me feeling disappointed and i'm not sure what that face is that you're making if it's pain or about to She's laugh making a lot of those faces this entire thing um um you didn't want to beat that dead horse. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> right. Well, to get back at beating <laughs> the dead horse, um, my overall impression was that I was disappointed. And I forgot the original adjective I used at the start of this. Not disillusioned, but... Um, oh, uh, underwhelmed. That was it. Underwhelmed. Mm -hmm. um, so... Those two wild turtle an axolotl. I wanted to take brain again. <laughs> you guys are doing that a lot at the moment. It's not fair. I, I'm not filtering well. What um, it says on here is it says the axolotl smiles because it knows the joy of murder. <laughs> incredibly eat? random. Yep. Yeah, an axolotl eat food? <laughs> no. They're why? illegal in California. Although I guess the internet exists with internet videos. They have them but... up at Santa Barbara Zoo. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess. Yeah, the zoos can have them. Anyway, not having okay. those pets. They numb the wormies. They just go, oh, oh, oh. It's like slowly suck it in. And, and if they have their mouth open, their gills are so wide. <laughs> with their mouth open, you can see through their gills to the other side. There we go. <laughs> anyway. Let's finish this off. <laughs> you're the one who brought up axolotls. You are. You, you're you easily entertained and I'm enjoying. Listen, axolotls are always entertaining. Love me an axolotl. Yep. Okay. Dad. I think Sarah was beating the dead horse still, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, I was talking, but I think I was coming close <laughs> to the conclusion of it anyway. And I don't know. Underwhelmed. What I was you were saying yeah. underwhelmed, and then I said, as opposed to whelmed versus overwhelmed, and then Kim showed an axolotl. Okay, cool. Yeah, on the yeah that, that was the sequence of events. <laughs> we can proceed accordingly. Okay. What was so your no more? No. I started with Kim. Uh, you didn't start with yourself. I I know I didn't. I I didn't. I so wasn't sure was when I asked you what your rating was. Oh, did you want I, to make know, sure that you were going last? No, I was trying to remember if I had already asked him or not, and I had. I asked her first. Um, mine was a four point five. Like it being self published, it's good. 
it, it's not it, i i have read worse self-publishing where i have gone where did that time go i will never get it back um this one uh, i did not get to the end of it and go where did that time go i'm never gonna get it back Although I do enjoy losing the time and then giving it to you, knowing it'll hook you, Sarah, to then lose the time. I have done that a couple of times. <laughs> Those are my favorite ones to share. And you know exactly which one I'm talking about. I mean, with your intent to make me regret spending part of my life reading a book? Yes. Like getting But a self-published head? one. No, oh, self-published. I was referring to... Zodiac Academy. Yeah, Zodiac. Well, I enjoyed Zodiac Academy up until the what the fourth book, and then I still read how many books? A lot. Uh, Have you gotten to the? I don't think the eighth book has come out yet. I can't remember. Anyway, yeah, about four of them that were not good, and I won't continue. And then there's the prequel as well. Fuck it, don't care. That focuses on um. I think Orion and their brother. Whose brother? The twins' brother. Can we? Can we? Oh, right, right, right. Because <laughs> you're never going to make me read this. Yeah, I won't either because after reading it myself, as far as I could, it's like, wow, that was not worth it. You don't want to make Kim read it? No. You guys have threatened this several times. I say no. Well, you know what? I have been made to read Gideon the Ninth and Harrow the Ninth and Nona the Ninth and probably Electo the fucking Ninth, probably because they never get to the Tenth. I'm never reading Zodiac Academy. Well, if that's an option, then I'm just not going to read Nona any further than the 40 pages I've done. We're already into this. (laughs) And I was forced to pick a trilogy and i had none so i picked gideon no no that is we have the story every time (laughs) that was not you were not forced you wanted to read block two no yes i wanted to read it i was forced to pick a trilogy for this thing that we're doing okay anyway so Zodiac Academy may come out in the near future once we no. have gotten around I the mean, world. If we only do book one, that would be fine because we would it would still we, be We would have to at least do book two. Maybe book two, but like we really don't have to go further than that. I mean Good God, can we finish this podcast, please? We're working on it. We're planning. <laughs> yeah. So we're still recording. So, I don't think our if, audience needs if, to uh if you want Kim to read Zodiac Academy, then you can email us at bookpilebanter at gmail.com letting us know. And if we get enough emails telling us that we must read Zodiac Academy and d- discuss it, we will. But only maximum two books. The first no, I make, I make no promises or maximums. <laughs> I cannot read those. Now, now would we... Now we have to like break them into shorter like episode reads, possibly. Uh, <laughs> but enough emails. You should set up a poll. Can you do like poll? People don't want to email, but what about polls? They're so easy. 
I don't know. Maybe I'll see if I can set up a poll. I will look into that. And if I set up a poll, I will share in future episodes. So on that note, our intro and outro music. Oh, I should do it on TikTok. Okay, so we're... No, I can stop. I can set stop. a Wait, poll up back. on TikTok. And go, Zodiac Academy is really popular. We are on TikTok. gonna go back in time. I was never supposed to read these books. And you sucked me into reading one book, and you promised me it would be one book. Two years later, my entire life is consumed by either work or reading books because of you two. TikTok, Sarah. I will put it up on TikTok and we'll see. Kim, how many how many answers for yes on the poll would we have She's to gonna get? She's going to give an impossible number. She's going to have like 10,000. She knows 10, how honest I am. She knows how and, honest I and am. And she knows what happens when you put impossible things up on TikTok. Mm-hmm. How many followers do we have on TikTok? Uh, just shy of 2,000. Fuck. <laughs> How many answers to a poll or likes to a video? Asking if we should do Zodiac Academy. 150. Only 150 likes? Oh, <laughs> shit! I went way too low! <laughs> I'm gonna give you one more chance there. 500! 500 likes. Okay, I will come up with that video and we'll see what happens. Okay, on that note, our intro and outro music is by Grant Newman and it's called The Battle of the Nile from Epidemic Sound. Don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to Book Pile Banter on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, or whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. We'd love to hear from you on any of our social media platforms, such as Instagram or TikTok. You can find us at book underscore pile underscore banter. You can support us on bookshop.org. Our link is available via our social media. You can email us at bookpilebanter at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.